Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsor. Balance Virtually provides full-service financial planning services for small businesses, nonprofits, and startups. We can help you manage your monthly reporting, bank and credit card reconciliations, budget and forecasting, payroll services, and much more. To schedule a consultation with a certified public accountant with over 16 years of experience helping people like you, visit balancevirtually.com. Balance Virtually, your locally owned full-service financial planning service company. Welcome to the Veronica Edwards Show, where we have fun financial conversations that everyone listening can apply to their personal and professional life. I'm your host, Veronica Edwards, and I'm excited to be back another week on my show here on Biz Radio Asheville. As always, I want to thank all the listeners. I want to thank Matt Matan, the creator and owner of Biz Radio Asheville, and just want to encourage folks to continue streaming and downloading um, and listening to the show. So let's just jump right into today's show. This is our CPA chat segment for the month, our first one for 2022. Woo, woo. <laughs> and I want to always introduce my fellow CPA, Ms. Michelle Tross, owner of Michelle Tross CPA CFE PLLC. I'm going <laughs> to always say that. So welcome, Michelle. How are you? Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, Veronica. I am great. And it looks like you are doing well also. Welcome 2022. Yes, it's going to it takes me. I don't know about you, Michelle. It takes me about. 30 days to actually start writing the new year properly. <laughs> 30 days. Is that all? Cause it takes me at least three months before I'm in the <laughs> It's a true accountant. You need a, you need a trend. You need an average. So let's jump into today's show. I'm excited about this. Cause I think we'll both learn something. Um, because it's sales tax. I think a lot of times people don't realize that, you know, oh, we're getting, you know, to the beginning of the year, we have income taxes that are due, and then people automatically assume, okay, my sales tax is due as well. And sales tax is completely different mm -hmm. from income tax. So I want us to just give a nice overview about different examples of what um, can be taxed. How do you actually register and remit your sales tax in North Carolina? And what happens if you don't remit and you get behind? So let's jump in. I'm going to get started, Michelle, with just a basic overview of the definition of what can be applied to sales tax. Mm -hmm. So sales tax applies to gross receipts from sales of tangible things that you could touch, physical items, and some items, service items that are sold at retail. So some examples of these physical items are food, vehicles, clothing, furnitures and appliances, and even digital materials that are received electronically. Anything else, Michelle, that you could think of that you commonly see with your clients that um, sales tax is applied to? On physical items, I think that you you really have covered it. You know, there's, there's so much, right? Yes. But I think it's really important to recognize that this, the area of sales tax is always changing. Um, at least it has been in the last few years. So we want to make sure that we really um, advise small businesses to really 
take a really deep dive on the website of the North Carolina Department of Revenue. They've got some great materials out there and yes. if they have questions, they can certainly uh, look at it there. But but you mentioned some really great overview topics of things that are really, you know, obviously taxable, physical, tangible items for sure. And then, of course, as you mentioned, the digital materials, it's a little bit new. That's what I meant by things are sort of changing in the sales mm-hmm. and use tax world. Yeah, and you hit on that, I think, back in 2016, and it probably wasn't implemented to folks until a year or two later, but now we have some, you know, services that are taxed. So can you jump into that a little bit? Because I think a lot of folks still aren't aware that there are some services performed by individuals that Mm -hmm. should have sales tax related to it. You're exactly right. Uh, So there are some specific services that were called out by the General Assembly when they made those last revisions, as you mentioned, I think back in 2016, that are that are taxable. Um, Things like shoe repair or jewelry repair and even some car washes. So, you know, interesting types of services like that. But generally speaking, services are are not taxable. Things like accounting and tax services, um, physical therapy, doctor's appointments, those kinds of things. And it was really interesting as they were making these wide, they being the General Assembly, were making these wide sweeping changes to the sales and use tax laws. They they started, you know, going full board and wanting to tax all services, but they sort of stopped short of doing that. So when you go to get your hair cut or, you know, you went and got your or you're now getting ready to go get your um, tax return prepared, those services will not be taxed yet. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was going to say, I'm not holding my breath because right. <laughs> you do these big sweeping changes um, and you don't even get used to what they just changed the last time because it really does take years, um, especially when you've been used to thinking that, oh, it's only tangible items for so many years. Right. Right. Exactly. And then, you know, when they did these changes, they also uh, created a very sort of sticky wicket, if you will, of things for a lot of small businesses, particularly folks that do what's called repair, maintenance and installation services. Mm -hmm. And so that has been um, a real challenge for a lot of people. So if you perform repair, maintenance or installation services, those are taxable versus if you are in the business of doing um, capital improvements, you know, things that are building a house, Mm -hmm. capital improvements, those are things that we are doing physically. Those are not taxable, but you need to make sure that you have what's called the affidavit on hand, assuring that this is why you're not being taxed for these items and these services, because it is considered a capital improvement. But otherwise, repair, maintenance and installation services, we don't have time to get into what that (laughs) means or what that is. But again, the North Carolina Department of Revenue has put together some excellent materials they have. Um, on their website that will help guide you because it is, uh, it's very, if this, then that kind of an analysis. And you have to really be uh, very knowledgeable about exactly what it is you're doing and whether or not you should be charging, collecting and remitting the sales taxes on those services. Those were great points. And um, one thing I also want to add is some exemptions, because even though that they did add a lot of new things, a lot of times people are like, well, you know, I'm just buying like I have a client that is a florist and she's like, well, I'm just buying different products and Mm -hmm. then I'm then using them to sell them. Well, yes, there is a wholesale exemption. So wholesalers are not required to charge sales tax to retailers because the wholesaler is selling to the retailer. The retailer is not the product end user. So that's always something to remember too, is that you do not have to collect sales tax on transactions when you're selling to a retailer. 
Right. Exactly. I mean, only when you're selling to the retailers, though. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're a wholesaler, basically, you're buying materials tax free because then you become the retailer or the one providing the services or the goods to the end use customer. So it's whoever is the end use customer is the one who is supposed to be charged the sales tax. Exactly. And another thing people always wonder about, and I didn't realize this, Michelle, till I was working with a nonprofit is that, you know, nonprofits, you always hear, oh, well, I'm exempt from income tax, but (laughs) nonprofits still have to pay sales and use tax and then they can request a refund. So can you talk a little bit about that, Michelle? Because it just sounds like someone told me, well, the North Carolina Department of Revenue is just floating their cash, you know, like, why do (laughs) I have to pay for the sales tax? And then six months later, ask for a refund. Yeah, well, I mean, it does feel that way, right? But um, that's how it is in the state of North Carolina. I think what trips most people up is, again, being, you know, in the beautiful mountains of Western North Carolina, we have a lot of transplants, so to speak, Mm -hmm. in this area. And where I've seen this trip people up is if they're not familiar with the North Carolina sales and use tax rules, and they're working with a not-for-profit, and they came from, say, Florida, for example, where, you know, the state of Florida may give out what's called exemption certificates to not-for-profits. In theory, not-for-profits mm-hmm. are not subject to sales taxes. And so some states will issue exemption certificates where you just present that certificate to the person you're buying your goods and services from, and they will not charge you taxes. But here in North Carolina, you are required to pay sales taxes, even as a not-for-profit, on goods and services you purchase. And then, like you said, every six months, you can ask for a refund of those sales and use taxes that you paid back from the North Carolina Department of Revenue. So that's that's an interesting difference here in the state of North Carolina. Yeah. But I think it, trips, it trips a lot of organizations up. And, I, and I'm glad you brought that up because it is important for not-for-profits to understand um, they must be paying sales and use taxes, as well as when they sell taxable goods and services, they need to be taxing those and collecting and remitting those taxes as well. Yep. I definitely have seen that with my son's school. That's a a nonprofit where if they have a fundraising drive, Mm -hmm. you know, and then they have to, you know, withhold sales tax and on different items that they might be fundraising. So, and, and again, like you said, you just have to be familiar with the state that you're in. I think in Texas and New York, I've seen it before with the exemption um, certificates as well. So, you know, it, it just really depends. And that's where we really encourage folks that we're giving an overview, but definitely work with your tax CPA for sure, because a yeah. lot of this stuff even can get us tripped up at times. Yeah. Um, one of the trickiest ones before we go into how do you register and remit sales tax in North Carolina, you know, Michelle and I was just talking before we came on air about online retailers. You know, mm-hmm. you could be located in North Carolina, but what happens if you're selling to other states? You know, Michelle, what, what would you say is the best rule of thumb for this if someone says, hey, you know, I'm located here in Western North Carolina, but I have customers that's all over the United States. How in the world do I manage this? It seems so overwhelming. You, you know, you've hit the nail right on the head. It is overwhelming. And this is by far the hardest part of sales and use tax for small businesses to understand and implement because a lot of small businesses, especially in today's world of internet, are Mm -hmm. what we call online retailers. So it's great. You make a product or you provide a service and you can do it virtually or sell it online and deliver it to anywhere. And that's fantastic. But most recently, the U.S. 
Supreme Court ruled that no longer is it required for you to have nexus physically in another state to be responsible for charging, collecting, and remitting. But now you can have what's called economic nexus in another state. And so what you need to do as a small business, if you're selling your products online, you need to be tracking your sales by state. And mm-hmm. you have certain thresholds. And again, God love it. <laughs> every state <laughs> is different. So yes. every state has a different threshold. And if you breach that threshold of that economic nexus threshold, so basically, for example, let's just say, for example, I'm not saying this is accurate, but mm-hmm. the state of Massachusetts has $100,000 or 200 uh, sales uh, in the state as a threshold. So if you reach $100,000 of sales into the state of Massachusetts, or you sell 200 units or have 200 different sales into the state of Massachusetts, you have breached their threshold, meaning you are responsible for filing, collecting, Mm -hmm. charging, and remitting in that state. And so it's just, it gets really tricky for small businesses for sure. But one you know, great thing that's come on recently is what we call marketplace facilitators. So these are things like Amazon, Wayfair, et cetera, those kinds of organizations that may allow you to sell their products on their website, for example, Mm -hmm. and then they become the marketplace facilitator. Um, The other thing is we have a lot of great online services like Shopify or other shopping cart software that you can use. They can help track your sales by state as well. But it's, it's very tricky. And again, one of those areas we strongly recommend that you get with a professional to make sure you're following all the rules because it's it's there and it's you have to do it. And if you yeah. don't, it could be uh, some hefty fines and penalties. Well, that's good to hear that they have these um, services to help because I don't have a lot of clients that sell online. So I'm not as well versed in this area. And, you know, before we were recording, we were chatting with Matt about that. And that is cool that you do have that option because I just have not been in that predicament. But I could think, gosh, what if I was selling to almost every state? And thinking about managing that would just be overwhelming. So it's great that there are service providers out there similar to like payroll providers that can help you um, with the filing and all that good stuff. Because and that's what we're going to jump into. I think one thing people don't realize, in addition to um, remitting that money, you have to file. And there are late fees for not filing as well as not paying. So Mm -hmm. let's jump into that, Michelle. How do we register and remit sales tax in North Carolina. In North Carolina, um, again, through the North Carolina Department of Revenue website, there is a form called NC-BR. And this is where it's a business registration form where you can register for either your payroll tax withholdings uh, or sales and use taxes. It's a pretty straightforward form and Mm -hmm. easy to fill out. But once you fill it out, you'll get a number an account ID number from the North Carolina Department of Revenue. And that's that's basically registering with the state. So now once you're registered, even if you just, as a point to note, even if you have zero sales, mm-hmm. say the next month, quarter or year, whatever the case may be, you still have to now file. Once you're registered, make sure you're filing, showing $0 if you had zero sales, but you have to make sure that you file. And then you have to file those, uh, like I said, based on whether you're monthly or quarterly filer, the form E500, which is that sales and use tax return. And so how you know whether or not you're a monthly or a quarterly filer is dependent upon how much sales tax you collect and have to remit. They use a threshold of about $100. So if you are collecting $100 or less a month, you can be a quarterly filer. And those returns are due 
by the 30th of the following month, following the quarter end. So if a quarter ends at the end of March, then it has to be filed by the 30th of April, for example. And a monthly tax filer has to file by the 20th of the following month. So each month by the 20th, you're filing for sales and use taxes you charged, collected, and are now remitting uh, from the month prior. And there's even taxpayers who have to pay in advance. Those are ones that have a lot of sales taxes they're collecting, over $20,000 a month. And so those folks, I'm sure, are yeah. aware of the yes. use tax rules for them. <laughs> yeah, those are usually your storefront people. This is what they do. Um, everything that they're doing, it's high volume. And I just want to point out, I think a lot of times I've seen it working with Mountain BizWorks, coaching. Michelle, I'm sure you've seen it before, too. A lot of small business owners think, oh, I have a federal EIN. I don't need to do anything else. And similar to payroll, with payroll, you have to get an unemployment ID. You have to get a state income tax withholding ID and yep. same with sales tax. You have to get a sales tax ID that is unique and that is given to you from the state, not from the IRS. So I think a lot of times people don't realize, one, that they even have to remit and file sales tax, but then they don't even know how to register. Yep, exactly. So now now that you're, you know, you're registered, you know where to go. What happens if you get behind? Um, you know, Michelle, I've definitely have experienced helping friends that, you know, I just told them, hey, go to your local sales tax office, plead for forgiveness. And of course, this was prior to COVID. So I'm not sure if the office is open, but I know here in Asheville, it's located right by the outlets malls um, off of Brevard Road. And you can easily say like, look, I just started with my business. I was completely ignorant. I didn't know that I had to file monthly or quarterly. I thought that this was due at my income tax. And they will research to make sure that you, you're not just pulling the wool over their eyes, that you really didn't know and that you're new. And I have seen people where those late fees and penalties have been waived. And it could be hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, because if you go months and months and months, and you haven't paid. I mean, it's just compounding on top of each other. It, it is true. Um, and, and so generally speaking, though, ignorance is not an excuse. But you're right. If you go and say, oh, my gosh, I just started my business. Um, I'm now aware of it. And, and you know, certainly they will take that into consideration. But for businesses that have been in existence longer than that, it's, it's tough, you know, yeah. and you really, I mean, that's one of the areas of the law. When you start a business, you really have to make sure that you understand all the, the rules and regulations and compliance that is required because, um, you know, they, they will charge you uh, penalties and interest for sure. I think one of the other tricky things is sometimes small businesses in particular, they might get behind a little bit on their cash flow. Mm -hmm. So they will hold on or use the sales taxes they've charged and collected and, and not remit it. That's a big no-no. It's not, yeah. you know, you've got to remit that tax that you collected and make sure that you're doing it regularly and make sure you save documentation of what you're doing and why and why you charged, why you didn't charge, what you collected, what you remitted, just in the event you do get audited. So those are some important, you know, steps, I think, to take for especially for small businesses. Make sure that you're remitting the taxes and make sure you keep documentation for sure. Absolutely. And I think people don't realize it is an honor system. You know, the North Carolina Department of Revenue doesn't know that you should be remitting sales tax if you did not register with North Carolina. It's not saying just ignore it and not do it because eventually, like you said, it can come up. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people don't realize that, it, like you said, it's that discipline and it's on you 
to keep up with your sales, tracking it, knowing the percentage that needs to be remitted. And I've seen with a lot of clients, they'll open up a different savings account and they Mm -hmm. just call it their sales tax account and they transfer that money over on a weekly or a monthly basis just to make sure that they don't spend it, especially if they're a quarterly filer. And you're absolutely right. It is not your money. And I've seen numerous people get in trouble because they said, hey, I had to pay the rent and I needed to make ends meet. And I'm like, but it's not your money. (laughs) That's right. right. I think another quick thing, which we didn't mention, but you had you touched upon it just now when you said, you know, the rate, you know, there's over there's 100 counties in the state of North Carolina alone. And the sales tax rate is not one rate across the state in all cases, right? So there's a state sales tax component, then there's a county component. So you have to figure out what the actual rate is for everything that you're selling based on where you're delivering that product or service. And it's different. So, you know, Buncombe County is a different sales tax rate, for example, than Henderson County. Um, So you just have to make sure that you're charging the right amount of taxes. um, And that, of course, you collect it and then remit it, as you were saying. It's it's really important. And saving all that documentation, why you charged, what you charged, um, and certainly as, you know, getting that remitted uh, above all else. It's not your money, like you said. (laughs) Absolutely. And then there's also a different tax for food. Yeah, exactly. That's a big one. So Michelle, just like that, we're already to the end of the show, but I'm hoping that the listeners gain some new knowledge about sales tax. And again, as always, we just recommend folks to reach out to their trustee local tax CPA that they're working with to ask any questions if you haven't already. And I'm just excited for our next CPA chat, which will be next month. And we're talking specifically to nonprofit organizations on the 990 filing. This is something that I didn't know much about, Michelle, either until I got into the nonprofit world about three years ago. So I think that this will be a very um, knowledgeable conversation as well. But again, as always, thank you, Michelle, for joining me for this CPA chat on sales tax, our first one of 2022. Absolutely. And how can we not start off the new year right except by talking about sales tax? (laughs) (laughs) I was excited to talk about it. Yes. So again, I just want to thank the listeners for tuning in and please come back next week. Same time, same place, 4.30 p.m. on Fridays. And you can stay connected to all things Biz Radio Asheville by going to bizradioashville.com. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.